Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Isotope and Native Instruments have teamed up to create the start-to-finish bundle that home recording guitar nerds have been waiting for. Plus, you, dear listener, get an extra 10% off with guitar nerds by using discount code NERDS10 at the checkout on isotope.com. From the creative spark to the final touch, their new bundles include pretty much everything you could possibly need, which is great because it's far too easy to sink hundreds of pounds and a big chunk of your time into just picking up random plugins. The music production suite 4.1 and Complete 13 Bundle contains over 30 intelligent mixing, mastering and repair plugins, 65 premium instruments, 20 plus expansions and over 35,000 sounds. And if that's a bit basic for you, they've also bundled Music Production Suite 4.1 with Complete 13 Ultimate, which gives you everything that makes Complete 13 incredible, plus a colossal library of added synths, sampled instruments and effects. 115 plus premium instruments and effects, 39 native instruments expansions and over 65,000 sounds. It sounds like a lot. It is. It's very good, very comprehensive. And as we've come to expect from Isotope, it's very good value. If you're looking to get into home recording, I cannot recommend it more highly. And if you're already into home recording, it it really is the one-stop shop for making what you do sound better. This podcast is entirely treated and produced using Isotope plugins, and Native Instruments have been responsible for almost every synth or sample you've heard on our Guitar Nerds jingles. Check out their great new bundles on isotope.com or follow links in the description of this podcast and use discount code NERDS10 at the checkout for 10% off anything in the Isotope arsenal. Welcome, dear listener, to the Guitar Nerds Gear of the Year 2022. This is the second episode. Today, we're going to deal with Best Amplifier. If this is the first episode you're listening to in our Gear of the Year 2022, then stop, go back to episode one, where we deal with Best Guitar. I also lay out the rules and other things like that. Uh, I am joined for this episode once again by Guitar Nerds Matt Knight. Hello. The 40 Watt Podcast, Philip Carter. Greetings. And the Tone Mobs, Blake Wyland. Hi. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, wonderful. <laughs> so that is uh, that, that, that is the complete team. Dear listener, welcome. Quite uh, I won't mention, just in case anyone listens out of, out of sync of where they are, I won't mention what our top choices were, but contention 
dear listener, contention. Um, I can't yeah, believe the Boss the, DS1 was the best guitar of 20... <laughs> <laughs> I agree, actually. I agree. <laughs> exactly. But we're going we're gonna to cut straight into it for Best Amp Stroke Modeler. That's, it's become one category, dear listener, again this year. Last year and the year before, I think we made it one category just because, of course, no one was making amps during a global pandemic. Um, and no one, where no one was gigging, so modelers were just because. And also, it's been such a revolution, and we've come so far, haven't we? Since you know, I don't know, twenty thirteen. When what could you get? Axe effects, probably. Had the Kemper even come out then? You know, maybe just about. But uh, you know, so they're, they're just everywhere, and there are so many different types from digital to analog to now valve. Like load boxes are so much better and so much more advanced than they have been in the past. So. There's a bunch of things and they're all really good. So we're putting it all in one list. As difficult as that always makes it when we end up with amps and modelers in the final list because everyone's always got an opinion one way or the other. I fundamentally hate this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I formerly would have hated it. I love it now. I love it. Okay, well, um, what I hate is how uh, how poor the selection, uh, the offerings have been this year from amp companies. Release more. What are you doing? (laughs) Right. What you're doing. I think um I think just on, on this category, I think what's interesting, I know we were talking about it briefly in the last episode, but I guess now there's just and you know, I talk about it a lot at work, but there's so many people now and I always think back to mine and Joe's interview with Pliny in twenty sixteen at Arc Tangent when we were like, Tell us about your rig and he was like, Yeah, basically I've never plugged into an amp. He was like, I always just had an Ibanez into an ME50 into a pair of headphones and then basically got into plugins. It's so and wild. I think, that's the, I think that's the thing now. It's like when we're talking about, you know, when we say amp, we think about an amplifier, a physical piece of hardware. But actually, it's a, it's a way of making the microphones, the mini microphones, the pickups in your guitar loud enough for you to hear it um and there's just there's so many options out there and you you know you listen to guys like beer and you listen to stuff in you know the the world of plugins you're like they sound really good do they feel good i guess we're going to get into that and you know everyone's got these say joe everyone's got their own personal opinion but um yeah it's it definitely feels like the two are more combined than ever and and i think as well like there seems to be you know, a lot of people aren't talking about the tube shortage and they aren't talking about, you know, the fact that I think it's getting more expensive to make amps. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's a very, very weird category. It's changed a lot in the last six years. I don't think we really talked about a single plug-in. I remember talking about IK Multimedia a few times <laughs> yeah. and things like that. And, you know, always thinking about back to the Digitech IPD10 or whatever, where you plugged your iPad into your floor modeler and... I think it just took a lot of time for people to get it right in some ways. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I think about some of the stuff that Boss has launched and I see some people that are still using Boss modelers that we launched in the 90s and people have been plug- were plugging them straight into PAs then, I don't think it's a new thing. I think the new thing is plugins. It's using computers and it's using your monitors to become your amplifier. That's, that's where things are really starting to... Uh, to be very different i think as as a former uh helix player uh, i don't have a helix anymore but um i think i think the difference is just the quality level it's just 
it wasn't comparable. Like I, I saw bands playing with the pod bean in the like nineties and early two thousand or whenever that was. And they'd play these stages and no amps, you know, amplest stages then. And you know, every people who weren't musicians were like, Oh, they sounded great. I'm like, they sounded like crap. They didn't sound good. And I just, I think the quality is a, is much more comparable. And as much as my traditionalist mentality fights it, it's, it's a legitimate quality solution now i totally yeah. agree because i i we talked about this off of the off of the air so to speak but i have always been a big fan and proponent proponent of tube amps and playing them i don't have a, a need necessarily to play through a modeler i never have i've been fortunate to you know once i built the shred shed i can pretty much play as loud as i want almost whenever I want. So there's no real drive for me to uh, go the modeling route, so to speak, except that the quality has become so good that it makes my workflow better now for when I'm actually like making pedal demos and doing things like that. I can dial up the exact same sounds, and this is part of what I'm going to get into with my picks, but it's it's changed so much in the last couple of years, especially this year, that... I'm just like, it became a convenience thing. And I'm not one that's going to sacrifice the tone and feel for convenience. So I'm, I'm very particular with it. But like you said, Philip, I heard people play with pod beans back in the day and it did not sound good. I don't care what anyone says. It did not sound good or anything like a tube amp. But no, that, was was so a, bad. that was a step in the evolution that was necessary to get to where we are now. And things have come along so, so well. That said, I still, still love the immediacy and the feel of tube amps, but I think this will be a fun thing to explore as we go through these, these picks here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's list them. I'll list the things that have been, uh, have been suggested straight off the bat. I see someone's removed one of the amps that I actually put in because it's not a, an amp it's a pedal. Uh, <laughs> I was going. I was going to put the Thorpe Effects Scarlet Tunic in my. I think. Amp uh, I think you maybe got slightly confused with the naming of that amp, but it is it's not. A, it's a, a preamp. It's a preamp. I guess is that what it, we're saying? No, it's more just like you would say a Marshall in a box, but that is a Selma treble and a bass in a box. I don't think it's really. I don't. I mean, I, it was designed for a fella to literally be able to, you know, to to be able to turn that on and then have that amp sound. But don't forget, it doesn't just do that. It also does a Vox AC30. But I think it's, it would, it's, it's only, a preamp. it's only the same as, um, you know, many of the other pedals that we've really talked about uh -huh. before in, in the sense that it's like, yes, I play into a Fender Hot Rod Deluxe and I step on this exotic uh, SL drive because I want the sound of a Marshall as an amp rather than a victory v4 copper which is more like well, well then what, what about the universal thing. audio dream 65 and the ruby 63 but i think but they they can be standalone into you wouldn't put that pedal standalone into an interface whereas you can with the um you can with those ones because they have cab modeling in 
Hmm. Okay. Uh, I certainly understood different about the, the Scarlet Tunic. Oh, right. You care about cab modelling. Oh, yeah, because, because obviously... Everyone thinks yeah, cab modelling is something that you have to have, even though people have been recording DI'd since the beginning of time. But but I don't think you would DI with... I think you would really, you would class that. And I think even Thorpe would say you'd class that more as a guitar pedal enough. than you Fair would... That, than an You know, it's an amp in a box like, you know, yeah. we talk about amp in a boxes yeah, rather right. than... Got it. Yeah. A, a UA pedal, which is designed to be an amplifier without the speakers, no if you know yeah. what I mean. Okay. S- similarly, I almost put the Does It Doom, uh, oh, what's he called that? The Walpurgis on there. Oh, but then yeah, I, yeah. And, and then I realized exactly <coughs> what you're talking about, Matt. It's like, he, yes, I've ran that direct into IRs and it sounds really, really good, but it, it's really, it's a guitar pedal that's designed to give you some of that sound right, yeah. less so than it is an actual IOMI in a box type okay. of thing. I think as well, Joe, you had actually put it on the best stomp box list. I, I, I did. <laughs> Before I know, I was going to vote for it in both. Uh, but okay, uh, but no, no worries. You can't do that. That's illegal. <laughs> okay, well, let's. Uh, I'll list our best amplifier modelers. Here's what we've got. Only sixteen things have made the uh, made the list uh, this year. So here's here's what's in the Universal Audio Dream sixty five Reverb, the Universal Audio Ruby sixty three Top Boost. The Soldano Slow Mini, the Line 6 Catalyst 60. Now, the entire Catalyst range came out. I've chosen the 60 just as the middle ground in that amplifier series. The Positive Grid Spark Mini, the Magnetone Starlight, the PRS HDRX20, the Black Star St. James, and we've chosen the EL34 combo because there is another one in that range. The Victory V4. Now, I've put in the copper. The jack is maybe the most accessible one. I don't know. Like, maybe we can we can talk about that. The jack's so cool. The, the jack's so maybe cool. Maybe we talk about that in the same way we did the American Vintage. I've chosen the copper because it's the one I've got. I know that, like, Moog Gravit, one of our podcast listeners, he's playing the Duchess and he loves that. So maybe, maybe the jack's the more everyone amp out of that. But anyway, the Victory V4, the Boss GX100, uh, the NUX Amp Academy, which was surprisingly high on Reverb's bestsellers. Um, the uh, Mesa California Tweed. Again, there were a few in that range, so we need to pick one from that. Uh, the Boss Dual Cube. Um, the Mesa Boogie Badlander 25. Um, the Mixwave Benson, uh, the new plugin that they put out. And the Fender Tone Master Princeton, which someone added that somehow I had missed from the list. So thank you, whoever did that. Um, okay, so that's that's our list. That's our honourable mentions. That's our short list. Let's go through it again, same as we did before. We start with Matt, then Philip, then Blake, then me, and we'll take it in turn to pick an amplifier from the series. Matt, where do you want to start? Um, I'm going to start with the corporate shill, I think. Um, <laughs> I almost said that if you were going to start. I, 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 yeah, no, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go, I'm, and whether anyone has actually tried it else in the group, I think maybe Joe, but the reason I'm picking it, um, Boss Dual Cube LX, uh, we did a, a, a base one as well, but for me, one of my favourite amps for the longest time has been the Boss Micro Cube. Um, you know, and the Cube series ultimately sold over a, a, like a million units in its like 10, 20 year history. 
Um, you know, if you think back to the the 10, the 20, the 60, the 80, I mean, um, you know, Robert Smith and Nikia still uses the 80s. You know, they've got this really great, you know, solid state, just they work, they're plug and play, they're easy to use. And the microcube's been in the market for a very, very long time. And ultimately, there's a lot of other amps that have come out that have been kind of trying to take that market, and some of them have. And we thought it was about time that we made something that was very, that's got a lot of utility features on, a lot of great features, but ultimately it does sound very good. First and foremost, it's, it's very easy to use. Sounds very good, but it's got a lot of extra features on it. And I've used a microcube for years. And plugging into this, I'm like, yeah, it's like a microcube, but better. Um, you know, for me, because you've got dual speakers, you've got a really big stereo sound, you've got a few amp models to choose from, you've got a few effects. Um, but the thing is, you know, one of the things we were talking about earlier, I can't remember if we were talking about it off podcast, but it's like, oh, a great way to like stream to Instagram and stuff like that. You know, the fact that you've got an included cable, you can go straight into your phone, you can play this, you can have a great guitar sound straight into, uh, you know, Instagram Live or Facebook Live or whatever. Um, but actually at home, you know, we've talked, we're going to talk about, I'm sure, no doubt, about things like plugins. And actually, I much prefer using this as a little monitor, getting a great sound out of this, USB straight into my computer, and actually just reamping through this. And then you've got an editor on board as well, and you can tweak things in real time. And it's just totally grab and go, runs on batteries, um, totally rock solid, you know it's going to last forever. Um, so for me, just a, a really solid pick because of the amount of choice that you've got in it. And I actually think the base one... Um, is amazing as well for bass players but the guitar one you know two i think what 299 euro um so 259 in british pounds 299 map i think us dollars for me just a great little amp that does a lot you can even plug a microphone into it whole bunch of great stuff great little utility grab and go um dead solid you know great stereo sound what more do you need very cool. Yes, it certainly is like a really good um, just utility amplifier for home. Small footprint, lots of great features. Rotary controls so many of these little amplifiers, like, you know, things like the Positive Grid Spark, which is great, something I've used for ages. You know what I really like doing? Just being able to plug into an amp and turn it on and not having to have your phone attached to it or anything like that to get the most out of it is a real is is very nice when it comes to these little amps. I do think it sounds good. A, a great choice. Uh Philip, onto onto you. Where are you going first? I'm going to jump straight into what I think is the the amp gear of the year. This is it. We can stop the podcast right after this one cuz it's <laughs> done. Um the Black Star St. James. I actually went with the head. I know we listed the combo, but I'm going to specifically say the head, and I'm going to win you over to this, okay. Joe. Because so, I've got the combo, so win, win me yeah, over to the I, head. I think that it is the perfect middle ground for everybody. For the people who want a solution for direct to, uh, direct to you know interface, people who want something for live stage use, people who want something that, oh, they need tube, not just all digital, or the people that don't want the heft of a tube amp, this solves all of your problems. It's light. It has cab modeling out via XLR and two-note software. It is tube so you're gonna get that sound i wasn't a believer in them to be honest until i played one in atlanta a few weeks ago they sound incredible um i it 
it still boggles my mind that it's taken this long for someone to find this solution that Black Star has put together. I'm really, really excited about these amps. And if I weren't already living in a house that's overrun with guitar amplifiers, I would be looking to buy one of these. Yeah, they're, they're extremely cool. And we're, we're talking about the EL34 version of this, right? The, the head? It, sure, yeah. sure. It pick, if that's what it takes to win you over, Joe, we'll go EL34. <laughs> but so, the, and the reason I, I say the head is because for those folks who just want it as a studio solution, it takes up a lot less room than the combo. So they can just put it on their desk. They can put it on a shelf next to their desk, and there they go. There's their amp. They plug in. It's XLR'd in. They're done. I'm happy, actually, to switch over to the head. You know, the I really like the Celestian Zephyr uh, speakers that, that are in there, but the thing that I don't care about the St. James is actually the, the thing that they're selling it on, which is the lightweightness. I don't care about that. I would rather that yeah, – I, I, I think want them to choose a, a marketing... speaker cone that sounds good, not one that's lightweight, you know, but uh, – so the head is a great yeah, choice. I think also selling as lightweight still has a cheap connotation to mm-hmm. it, like so, as that is your marketing term. But it's going to take yeah. someone like Blackstar and this product to start to change that mentality. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's a it's a great pick and uh, yeah, a really good product. Blake, over to you. So, <laughs> I want to pick the one piece of gear. I'm very passionate about this. This is the one piece of gear that is completely changed my workflow it's completely changed how i thought about this type of product in general and i still don't think enough people have tried it yet and i i i'm just obsessed with the mixwave benson chimera plugin so i'm a benson fanboy i've got three of chris's amps the vincent is named after my son and it's like one of his flagship products so like i am as far tied to that company as I can be without actually having anything to do with it at the same time. <laughs> uh, uh, I, Chris is a good friend of mine, et cetera, et cetera. But all that to say is I've played Benson's for years and that's like my main amp. Every time I've went away from it for a little while, I end up coming back to it. Uh, it's just, I, I absolutely love the Benson sound. So when he told me he was team, teaming up with Mixwave, uh, I was kind of skeptical. I was like, how are we going to pack the magic into a plugin? And he, I went over to his house. I plugged into his interface through some small six inch monitors, strummed a couple of chords. And I was like, this is the amp. Like this not only sounds like it, it actually feels like it too. So much that when, when Chris, he was not really into the idea. Mixwave hit him up to do it because the owner, or one of the owners, Taylor, absolutely loves his Chimera. And he said, I think we can make a plug-in version of your amp that you will absolutely love. And Chris was kind of like, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, and Taylor got done, and they do they do component modeling there. So they, they start with actually modeling the individual components of the amplifier and then tune it from there, which is really a much more accurate way to get some of this stuff uh, emulated in the digital space. And he sent Chris two files. He's like, one is my Chimera that I recorded in our studio. The other is the plugin. You tell me which one's which. And Chris picked the plugin as the real amp. (laughs) So the guy that made the amp picked the plugin. And I'm here to tell you, it's phenomenal, and I think it's I think it's like two hundred bucks for the plugin. You get uh you get his you get three all the pedals that he currently makes the boost, the preamp, 
and the fuzz, uh, along with his t- outboard tube, tube reverb and the Chimera plug-in and cab. And it's it's just phenomenal sounding. You can do things with it that you can't do in real life. You can put the, the reverb completely after the, the amp cab, you know, and you, you've got 20 different microphones to pick from. You can put them wherever you want on the speakers. It is a brilliant plugin. I cannot put enough emphasis on how much easier this has made my recording life. I love the Benson Chimera plugin. It's absolutely one of the best things that has came out in the last five years. So recently, Guitar Nerd switched to using Lewitt microphones, specifically the LCT440 condenser mic. Now, this mic is super affordable and very versatile. It's what I'm using right now. In fact, there are a bunch of videos from independent studio engineers with way more audio know-how than me comparing the LCT440 to mics three times its value, and it absolutely holding up. Plus, this mic is as good for instrument capture as it is for podcasting, as it is for vocals, which is great because I don't like messing around with mics and I can literally use this for everything. The proof is in the pudding though, so here is my Tweed Blues Junior recorded at a reasonable room volume using nothing but the Lewitt LCT440. Nothing has been added in post, no compressors or EQs, this is exactly how the Lewitt LCT440 captures the sound of Fender's greatest amplifier. Absolutely pucker. The 440 captures all of the depth and the character of the Blues Junior, and all I had to do was move it over the other side of the office and pop it in front of the amp. So if you're doing anything with home studio vibes, I strongly recommend this wonderful and affordable microphone. Check it out at lewitt-audio.com. So this this is an, an absolutely fantastic product. You actually added it to the shortlist. I guess I didn't add plugins because it opens up a little bit of a... Uh, a wormhole but it's fine to have one on as someone feels so strongly about it it's a very very good plugin in fact it it was such a good plugin that um when i tried it after it came out um ashdown as a dear listener you obviously probably know that i work with ashdown a lot and stuff ashdown had tasked me with um Getting trying to sort out a plug-in version of the Ashdown AB1 a- ABM. Um, so I approached Mixwave after hearing their Benson plug-in to to do the Ashdown one because it's so very good, and they are actually working on that now. It's nearly done. Oh, um, sweet! So, but, but oh, in, that's so cool. In testament to how good Mixwave are at making a plug-in, they were so good that they're you know I didn't even think of anyone else. Like there was no shortlist. They um, Mixwave were the first people I reached out to, and and very lovely they were the they got back to us immediately and were really up for for working with us so they are great they do a fantastic job as you said what did you call it blake they do component modeling that's uh, that's that's yes. what it is but uh it, mm-hmm. it, it is great this is a great product it's a bunch of money for an amp plugin you know if you can, if you think the average price is probably about 
uh, it is probably about a hundred pounds, I guess a hundred and twenty, hundred and fifty dollars. So it's a little bit more than the average plugin, but it is extraordinarily high quality and it will improve your home recording experience. Absolutely. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And I, be- I believe... Right now, 179, actually. Oh, really? Well, oh, there you go. There you go. Even better. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, maybe, Philip, you're on the website, you can confirm. I think there's a free trial. There is. There's a seven-day free trial. So, not sponsored by Mixwave. I genuinely... <laughs> I, or, I genuinely, or Benson. Yeah, I genuinely just feel that strongly about the product. It's really... Really awesome. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Our first plugin in the amplifier category is nominated, uh, which brings it over to me. So I guess I've got a thing, uh, a couple of things that have actually doubled up already. So I'll pick an uh, original thing just to keep things flowing. Uh, I, I want to talk about Victory and their V4 um, amplifiers. They are extremely good. Now I. I had selected the copper. The copper is really the thing for me, but um, it's, very, it's good. very good. It's the one that I've got, and I absolutely love it. It sits on my desk now as something that I can just sort of, I, I can just plug into straight away. I really like it. Really love the reverb. Really love that it sounds just like a, you know, just like a, a Vox, which is exactly what I want. But the thing that seems to be the the popular one, the one that everyone's excited about, is the Jack. So we should talk about the the Jack, the V4. So this is their desktop amplifier, so valve preamp, digital power stage. Um, with the Jack, what's the additional foot switch you get? It's a channel switcher, isn't it? On the uh, on yes, the, I believe that's on on the yeah. Jack. But it's t- a tabletop victory amplifier. Everything you're going to need for uh, recording, but it's going to sound, you, you know, f- perfect pedal board size. Well, it's, I mean, it's a big old pedal, but you can mount it on your board, so perfect for going to front of house. Two notes cut into the pedal, so you've got all of their cab sims and the ability to balance that, but you can also run it straight into an amplifier and play it traditionally as well. So in the same way as the Blackstar... Uh, St. James, this is a, a, an all-in-one solution. Admittedly, the Black Stars obviously all valve. This is a digital power stage with just valves in the preamp. But this is a wonderful solution. This is a great, lightweight, small footprint 
pack on your pedal board or sit on your desktop solution, ultimate home recording solution, ultimate fly rig solution, and just great if you just want to uh, keep things a bit more sensible and simple. And you know what? Digital stuff is sounding an awful lot better these days. Preamp. Mod- I mean, look, here's, here's the thing. The ice chip, which is used in everything, which is how you get your, your power stage out of a... Uh, out of a digital amp they sound awful they're awful sounding things but people are getting better at using the eq and the preamps to tailor them to sound better and this is a fantastic sounding piece of equipment a really good product they've sold like hotcakes reasonably priced they're very good the victory v4 is a is a is a step it is a point where we no longer have to rely on helix or kempo or all the all singing or dancing digital things if you want to have a smaller rig you can now have something that is just one amp it is it's got some vowels in it it sounds more authentic it's a real thing it's not just a screen it's not on a screen it's a real obtainable thing a product you can throw but yes the victory v4 <laughs> the jack that's uh that's uh my bet Please, please don't throw them at people. They're hefty pedals. <laughs> yeah, please don't, don't throw, throw them. them. Yeah, don't throw them. Not a good idea. No, no. Very well. But yes, okay, that's uh, that's my bet. Matt Knight, where are you going second? Where am I going second? Well, yes, Joe, you made some points about real things, virtual things, plugins. I can't deny. Very good. Not for me. Various reasons. And I'm going back to, I think, probably my first love in terms of amplifiers and a brand that i hold very dear to my heart and i would totally be buying one of these if i had the money um Mesa boogie california tweed mm. uh specifically for me uh the 6v6 220 head um because I just always prefer a head to a cabinet, although a cabinet, I guess, for many people would be a little bit more practical, but always just like the head, like the small format. It's bigger than lunchbox, but, you know, it's um, it's just a very cute little thing. But basically, um, Mesa Boogie, you know, Randall Smith from Mesa Boogie started off in San Francisco by modding fenders, as a lot of brands did at that point. A lot of people did at that point. Uh, and taking things and making them more high powered for you know the musicians out there in that kind of area and that sort of scene and thus was born the sort of uh, the Mesa Boogie but the California Tweed is effectively their sort of um, new take on that sort of traditional I guess you would say kind of American you know dare I say Fender six v six style um, amplifier you have three power voices all on one switch so two 6v6 tubes five uh 12ax7s and one 87 and then you've got their sort of standard what they call multi-watt power amp so you've got a 20 watt mode which is two 6v6s in class ab uh 10 watt mode which is two 6v6s in class ab triode and then you've got a one watt mode, which is 6v6 single-ended class A. So three very, very different types there. But for me, does everything from clean to kind of like vintage drive. You've got that sort of simple switch that goes 1, 10, 20, a master volume. And then you've just got gain, treble, middle, bass, and presence. And I just, that's it. And it sounds really good. They look really good. You've got reverb um, control range- on the back. You have got reverb um, on there as well. Effects loop, if you need it. Obviously, if you're driving those quite heavy, you probably want a um, 
a an effects loop on there. But for me, I just think it just it's simple. I mean, I love a single channel, super simple valve amps. You've got an all tube spring reverb in there, um, and yeah, for me that is that's great. I mean, obviously I play a Morgan. Um, you know, we've got um, an, an Emprise amp, which we talked about coming our way, Joe, which is an AC10 and a um, a kind of more traditional Fender in one box. So for me, this sort of ticks all the boxes in what I love. And I just think it's a great launch from Mesa Boogie. You know, they've got the California Tweed. Obviously, they've got the Fillmore range, which is kind of a little bit more of the high gain stuff. Um, you know, they've had the Badlander series, which I think came out this year as well. But the California tree kind of goes back into what I love. My first boogie amp, love for boogie amps, was uh, the Lone Star. And this kind of, uh, you know, kind of makes me think of that as well. It's so a more grown-up version yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, I guess in some ways. But for me, I just, yeah, I absolutely love it. I think it's great. Uh, some may say overly simple and done, done to death, but... I think it might it may well be done to death, but at least it's been done really, really well. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. Let's uh there is a super cool amp and looks fantastic as well. Uh Philip, on to you. Second choice. So second choice, uh we started out talking about how I used to be a Helix player. Um and uh so leaning into that line six uh whole line, I really like the catalyst line of amps. I think for, you know, Joe, you were talking earlier, you like to just be able to turn an amp on, not need to do anything. I feel like the Catalyst is that amp. You, you can just leave it in your living room, leave it in, you know, your office and turn it on, play whatever you want to play, get your 15 minutes into practice or, or take it to a gig if you need to. You know, it's got all those accoutrements if you want to plug it in with the XLR and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's loads of options, super affordable. It sounds really, really good. Uh, I I don't know how you can argue with that. Uh, the only argument with that is that oh, it's just doing what Boss did with the katana. Um, you know that's that's the argument that could be made. But I think it's I think it's a fantastic amp. I think that uh, more and more people are going to start to see them. I've gotten to play one a few times, and I I think they sound great. How um how many of the effects have they brought across? I guess from Helix and things like that. How how many things have they included with this? Like. You know, can can it can it be used as 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 broadly, almost as broadly as that? That's a good question. I I didn't use one to that extent. Um, I you know I I in my playing I didn't even like try to save any presets or anything right. like that. Um, it looks like uh, there's six delay modulation and pitch filter effects. There's drive. There's six amp models. Fine. Enough in that um, case, because if anything, yeah, I think enough. that the Helix suffers from a little bit of option paralysis. You know, as they continue even now to expand it more and more. I kind of yeah, it, it was kind of something when I had a Helix here, and I also had a Katana, and I had the foot switch for the Katana, and I was like, oh, well, if I just program the Katana, because none of the effects I'm using are that you know weird. I don't need all the weird stuff that's on the Helix. I was like, well, right. actually, the Katana kind of does that you know nice reverb a couple of drive options a, a a good tremolo you know things like that and if you've got the choices on the catalyst it, yeah it makes it a great all-in-one product and it certainly looks very good they've done a good job at making yeah. it look quite premium i think which is very nice it does it looks great uh and it's come on 299 dollars yeah uh, you know convert that to whatever you need to for your uh great british pounds uh <laughs> you know uh it, i i don't know that you can find a better 
first grab amp. And and to me, that's been the biggest move. Everybody, you know, uh, the 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 mix wave stuff and plugins and pedal board amps and stuff like that. The biggest move has been in that first amp category. That this is the thing you're gonna your parents are gonna go buy at Guitar Center when you tell them you want to play guitar. Here's a three hundred dollar amp that gets you a big range yeah. of sounds that actually sounds. You good. think how bad we all had it. You know, with our first amp. Oh, in comparison to this. Let me tell you about the PV Solid State Trash I started on. <laughs> it was so bad. I'm pretty sure it. my first amp was a PV Audition Chorus, which is a 2x8 combo with stereo chorus and the worst drive channel I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm pretty sure the speakers didn't even have a full eight inch of paper cone. I think there was missing edges. And that was what I had to start with because, you know, there weren't a ton of starter amps available when I was learning at really affordable prices. This is an incredible amp that can gig uh, really well at, you know, I, I just think it's a remarkable, and I'm super jealous. Yeah, yeah. For, for people starting out today. <laughs> a very cool product. Okay, okay, cool. So there's the Catalyst. A good shout for the Catalyst there. Blake, moving over to you. Where are you, where are you going? I am going to go with the Universal Audio Dream. So as Matt pointed out in the beginning of the episode, this could, you know, it's a pedal, but it's also designed to be an amp replacement, an entire amp replacement. So it's it's a little different than, say, a preamp or a, a traditional amp-in-the-box type situation. And the Dream is, hands down, the best Fender emulation I've ever heard. Like, I... I I know that seems like it should be an easy thing to replicate. Uh, really heavy drive stuff being a little bit more difficult to get real accurate with. But this this pedal sounds so good. I couldn't hardly believe how good it sounded. Plugging just like direct into monitors and direct into the pedal and just playing I I would if I had been just walking by, I would have thought somebody was playing like a fantastic deluxe reverb. It really just nailed it tonally, like the classic Fender sound in this thing. And it's pretty expensive for uh, if you view it as a pedal, but if you view it as a, a very viable amp replacement, it becomes a lot easier to stomach. And uh, I just think they did such a good job. I've also played the Ruby, which is their Vox sort of replacement. And I think that still has some room for improvement, Versus an it's actual very Vox. difficult to do Vox. You know, it's very hard to do Vox. It's very very hard. They did a really really good job with it, but I I think the the Dream is more accurate to a Fender than the Ruby is to a Vox in my, to my ears, and it's a it's a fantastic unit. So I'm gonna go with the Dream. Okay, so they're like four hundred bucks, right? So it is a, an, yeah 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 an expensive pedal, but very cool. And what I really like about this is. It's uh, it's it's again it's it's adding a hands-on thing to to the virtual amp thing. There's not a digital screen. It's not about you know flicking through stuff or Bluetoothing your phone to it in order to tailor the sounds. They've, it's a it's a real proper box, and I like that. I yep. think that's it for me. In some ways, it's just like the tactile hands-on yeah. 
ness of something like this compared to a plugin which can feel yeah you can get some great sounds out of it i just i never like never have gelled with it but something like this it feels a little bit more real and i think i like the idea of having a pedal board with just this at the end and you could just go straight into a a PA or whatever, you know, and the fact they've put an EV12 on there in terms of speaker options as well is, is a solid one for me, you know. Yeah. Kind of classic Fender sound, but with that big EV, loads of headroom, you know, great for if you're doing a lot of clean stuff, having this on the end of pedal board, I think is a really solid choice. And I think in terms of UI, in terms of design, I think it's it just looks real premium. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a very cool product. Okay, so uh, on to my next one. I'm actually going to list my next two because they're both things that have already been mentioned. Uh, the Boss Dual Cube, for for me, is, has been a big hit. I'm actually using it to record pretty much all of the demos that I do for KMA. If you ever want to hear, want to hear what one sounds like, any of the video demos on uh, KMA's Instagram are all just the pedals running into a, a Dual Cube because it offers me such a great in-the-room sound and I can just run from the line out with a cab sim straight into my interface and into my DAW and just record like that which is really great it has a brilliant range of features I I it I always have for sort of noodling around a little positive grid uh, spark hooked up um, just you know because that it's I just want something simple that has like a you know maybe a couple of like effects on it a light drive a nice reverb on there and that's small it's I can pop it in the corner of a room this is an awful lot better than that as, as far as I'm concerned I love again that it's just rotary controls and it's hands-on everything on there just sounds really very very good i know we're talking about a small little practice amp but as i think matt pointed out there's so much more to it than that because it's a recording interface and uh, it can work with your phone i know that doesn't really matter that much but if you want to just go straight to instagram you can plug straight in that's very very handy but it's a recording interface a practice amp and just sounds really good i love that it kind of does both things a great amp and my other choice is the black star st james I had the EL34 combo because that's the amp that I got, um, but I will switch up to the head because I understand that the head offers like a little, a few more options. Basically, you know, just uh, um, it, the fact that it almost becomes more of a recording t- tool because you can rack it and then uh, and use it like that. But yes, I love everything about the uh, the St James EL34. It's part Fender, you know, one channel does that Fender clean really well. The other channel does that uh, that bitey vox tone very very well all valve but i can have a cable running out of the back of it straight into my interface and record into a daw with a choice of cab sims which is very nice also great because it's got that xlr out with a cab sim so if i'm at a show rather than micing up a cab i can get a perfect un you know sort of poisoned sound by the by the room and the crappy sm57 that the sound guy's using you know i can have that running straight to front of house with a, a, a perfect tone and crucially for the first time we often talk about these advantages but there's always a trade-off isn't there for valve there's no trade-off here it's just a goddamn great sounding valve amp i wish they weren't selling it on how lightweight it is because i don't give a shit right i care about it being a nice sounding <laughs> amplifier i was try- i had um i had paul stevens the guy who designed it on the podcast last week and i kept trying to sort of talk around it and he kept bringing it back to it being lightweight and i said like, i don't care i don't care i just care that it's good Good. Like the thing that's cool about it is that it's an all valve <laughs> amp that has that you can record directly with. That's what's cool. Not that it weighs slightly less. Anyway, 
It's a great product, the Black Star St. James EO. I, I, I think that actually makes it a better product. Like, listeners, if you're the type of person who cares about a light white amp, the fact that someone loves this amp so much that they want people to stop talking about the fact that it's lightweight, <laughs> that's kind of incredible. <laughs> I mean, it also looks great. Fawn, um, uh, like Tolex. So is that what you call it? Fawn Tolex? I don't know. The, the Tolex so. that they've yeah. used, it looks fantastic. So it's a very cool looking amp. Yes. Um, it was when I finally saw one in person, it was striking how cool it looked. Yeah. Definitely part of what I feel is like a new movement in retro core. I think the catalyst has kind of done the same thing. It's a similar look. I think amps are starting to look like that, this retro come modern thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love it. Very, very cool. Matt, coming around to you, what's your, uh, what's your third choice? Matthew. Matthew, Hello. Matthew, you've muted yourself. Oh, oh dear! I, I muted, I unmuted, and muted. Um, yeah, I'm going to be super boring, um, and I'm sure I'm going to get hate for this. But actually, I watched a bunch of videos on this. I thought it sounded great, and I would own one, despite not being necessarily the biggest fan of this player. But um, the PRS uh, HDRX Hendrix circuit, um, twenty watt. Head. Why would you think I, you I get flagged think... for this? This is an extremely cool product. I, I nearly put this on my list. Well, I think the thing is, again, like we talked about, uh, or if you, hopefully if you've listened, um, about sometimes expensive things have to come before cheap things. Obviously, they did this a while ago uh, in the more expensive version. I think they were like three grand or four grand. They were like crazy expensive, but they basically deconstructed... Hendrix's amp completely and then rebuilt it, including completely rebuilding the Transformer. And as we know, the Transformer is kind of like the beating heart of any amplifier. That's what really drives everything. Um, and yeah, this is an, a newly documented, authentic Hendrix touring circuit uh, and heavily inspired by one of his own personal amps, uh, apparently used by him at Woodstock, um, and they've studied it absolutely in depth. They made a more expensive one. They've then made this one. This is the 20-watt version. Super simple um, on, on the front panel, kind of similar to the California Tweed. Presence, bass, middle, treble, master volume, treble volume, and bass volume. So, you know, taking inspiration from those kind of classic plexi amps where you have two volumes, you've got that here, but you've also then got a master volume to be able to tame it, which I think is really cool. Um, and then you've got a high mid and uh, a, a high mid sort of switch in there as well, so you can add in a little bit more gain. There's a boost control if you want to drive it any more. But for me, it does that kind of edge of breakup, really fat sort of big sound that you'd plug a Strat into. Sorry, Blake, you probably hate it um, <laughs> for that reason. But yeah, for me, it's kind of like I kind of like Marshall in their heritage, but they haven't made an amp that I would, they haven't made an amp for a long time, a new amp that I'd go, yeah, I'd play that, you know, I'd, I'd buy 74X. And then for me, it's like, yeah, this is the kind of everything that I kind of want a Marshall to be in some yeah. ways. And it's been really well designed. And I'm like, yeah, I think it sounds really good. I think it pairs well. If you're going to run like a stereo rig, I think this would be really good. Plus I like the small format 
um, and not crazy money. These come out at um, seven nine nine in English pounds. Well, yeah, that is it's a very good price. Um, I mean, PRS occasionally make with price amps with a good price tag to them, and their amps are always very good. This this has yeah. a great backstory to it as well. I think it's a really exciting, really cool product, and I also agree it's doing the stuff that we flipping wish Marshall would do. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think um, as well. You know, they've they've done amps before. They had the Sorenzo. Was that their other yeah, amp? Something like that. You know, and they've tried to done like the metal thing, and it's not really worked. And you know, if you put Hendrix to anything, obviously it's gonna sort of like a few people are gonna like ears are gonna prick up about it. Um, but I like the fact that they've taken it. They've kind of still made it their own thing while paying like homage to that um and i, I think, think it's the, great I, I don't know i think the archon has been pretty accepted oh the by, archon yeah that's the one I'm yeah of. I, I think that that's probably been if i had to guess their most successful amp and i i feel like that's pretty well received in yeah, general they're, they're the same price as well they're like 800 quid aren't they the archon you know which is i think so good, good price i don't think they were when they launched i think again very much expensive then then came right. down depending on where they were built um but you know a famous guitar company takes a lot to get into the amp world and as they have with their pedals takes a lot to get into the pedal right. world yeah. yeah um yeah so i think now that's called foreshadowing yeah. <laughs> i think yeah archon 50 is 799 the sorenza uh no sonzera is six four nine, and obviously have the Mark Tremonti as well on top of that. But I like the fact that with the HDRX, they also do a four by twelve, which is cool. But the four by twelve was originally designed for the more expensive head because it's uh, one thousand two hundred and forty nine <laughs> pounds. Um, yeah, the uh, HDRX fifty, which came out a couple of years ago, is two and a half thousand. But I think they were built in America, um, and I think the modern ones are built. Um, not in America, hence <laughs> <laughs> the cheaper price. But yeah, for me, I just think, yeah, I saw the first one went, well, way too expensive. And I saw this and gone, yeah, that's pretty good value. And it's basically exactly the same thing. Okay, okay, cool. So the HDRX from Matt Phillip. It's time for your third one, which I will notice you hadn't added until until recently. It- yeah, I just changed. So while we've been talking... I changed my my original third pick was the HDRX20. Um and I'm still really excited about that amp, but the more I thought about it, the more I got like am I really that excited about it? Because, you know, we we talked about in the last episode the criteria and all those things and 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 I got to thinking, okay, did did you pick the safe pick because it appeals to your, you know, traditionalist mentality or did you pick the thing that's actually exciting to you? Okay, I picked the thing that was appeals to my traditional sense is what the HDRX does. I think I love I love a good plexi sound. I actually just recently got uh, one of the Origin uh, Marshalls in. To uh, I'm trying it out and it's really cool. Kind of harkens back to that sound. But when you started talking about the the Victory V4 Copper, I went to look at it again, <clears throat> and I guess I've never looked close enough because I looked at the Duchess. And I realized it's got reverb and trim built yeah. in. 
I, for some reason, missed that entirely the first time around. And the more I thought about it, the more the Fender amp lover in me won. And <laughs> I think that's a super exciting uh, preamp, uh, amp pedal, whatever we want to call it. I'm super excited. I think the Duchess is a really cool... Um, I listened to them all when they came out, but I just still apparently missed the trim entirely, and I'm a tremolo junkie. So I think that's super cool. That would be my pick. I realize that splits the votes on the Victory V4 series a little bit there, but I don't care. Um, it, it'll be I, uh, I actually uh, had the Duchess uh, originally, the V4 Duchess, because they uh-huh. didn't have the copper. They were out of stock of the copper, and I just really wanted to own <laughs> one. And then they contacted me and were like, oh, you know the copper's back in, and we, we'll swap it if you want. So I, I had it swapped over, but... Um, and I did it because I love Voxes and it is very good but and so I'm not I don't know 100% it could have been it was the first time I was playing it but I think I maybe actually did love the Duchess more it was a very very good Fender style amp in a box sort of thing yeah it it's super exciting to me it's also it's super expensive i get it these things are not cheap for what we're what we're talking about as like uh, i think people balk a little at the idea of paying that much for something that theoretically goes on a pedal board but i'm going to go back to the way i talked about the uh the black star this is i I could see owning all of these in like a studio so that you're like what amp sound do we need for this hey here's here it is this is it. You're done. It's like instead of software, you get some actual valves into it. Yeah. It's something that appeals to me, again, as I talk about the glut of guitar amps that have ended up accumulating in my house that I hold on to because I'm like, well, what if I need that sound one time in the next 10 years? You know, this feels like th- this is the small project studio to me is like this is it. This is your actually getting knobs to fiddle and turn and actually having a physical unit, but still being able to have that sound. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I, yeah, I, I completely agree. There is a fantastic range of products. Um, it's really cool. It's re- really deserving of a place in this year's gear of the year. What, whatever model we end up choosing. Um, very cool. Blake, your third choice. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not, blowing anybody's mind here because i'm i'm picking something that's already been picked the black star st james el34 head uh the head for me I, I i generally pick heads versus combos because i am that guy who likes to plug into different speakers and see what things sound like and obviously that's much easier with a head but on top of it for all the reasons already listed i think the head wins i think philip you hit the nail on the haha head uh Uh, see what i did there yeah uh the you know being able to have it sit on your desk for a you know easy compact solution is a really cool thing they look fantastic they sound fantastic again i i tried to limit my choices to things that i that i had personal experience with i played the saint james and was just like you know what i can't believe that no one has come up with a solution before uh, it, it, it's it's shocking how long it took to get a true all tube amp that also has the flexibility of some of these other solutions. I think the St. James is brilliant and good job to Blackstar. They absolutely cracked the code. Right. Can we talk about the fact that it was Blackstar that did this? <laughs> not Fender, not Marshall, not anybody else. It was Blackstar that stepped in and said, oh, wait a second. Hold on. 
let me fix all I mean, of your Fender problems. went down right. a different exactly. route, didn't they? They've gone down high quality digital reproduction with the with the Tone Masters, which are great. But but I think that's not what we've been asking <laughs> sure. for necessarily. Right. We have a lot of digital options now with plugins and different things, which is which is cool. And I love the Tone Master series. I actually really do. I love the deluxe reverb that I played. It was really awesome. Yeah. But Blackstar is bridging the gap between the tube amp people and the digital world and bringing them together in a way that I think nobody nobody has done before. I can't think of another company that's really truly melded both worlds, the direct world and the traditional amp world. I think they've they've nailed I, it. I think some folks have tried like not at that maybe not at that price point cuz like sir, sir has amps with That's true. Um, yeah. they have the the amps with the built-in two notes technology and I think I said two notes earlier. I'm not actually sure Blackstar does. I know the sir does. Um but they've got that built in, but they're also very expensive. Yeah. yeah. I mean actually technically Ashdown brought out a uh, uh, after, after, with my sort of input in the design process and and the initial idea, did a two notes loaded all valve thirty watt bass head, and we did a guitar head version, which came out slightly before this. But um, you know, lightweight what certainly wasn't an issue. It's it's heavyweight, and uh, you know, they're like they're they're a thousand pounds. So for for the head, so I guess they've Blackstar managed to keep the price down as well, which is. Uh, uh, which is pretty impressive, and of course, you know Ashdown are never going to be making something that's that's accepted by guitarists in the same way that Blackstar are. But but yes, yeah, <laughs> so certainly people are looking for a solution. That was definitely when Ashdown were asking me, like, what do you think the community needs? And I was saying, well, I think people want to record with ease, but they also want, you know, people still care about valves. So can we? put all those things together i mean just being able to pop two notes and uh you know and a load box into a into a valve head really doesn't seem that hard i i don't know how we're still on the first few brands that are considering doing this thing you know? so it seems like what should be happening yeah. you know I do want to – I forgot to mention something, too, about the St. James. I want to touch on what you said, Joe. Like, when I first saw the ads for them, I was interested. But the fact that they were like, lightweight, 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 yeah. I, I immediately was kind of like, so does it suck then? Yeah. And I know yes. that that's not fair, and there's no real logical reason to that. But I really thought, you're sure talking about the weight a lot, and I I'm only don't care about that at all. So. It, it, it also makes it anytime something talks about lightweight. For example, the Tone Master series really, really, really pushed the the lightweight. I'm like, well, if that's your best selling yeah, point, right? I don't have a conversation with you. Yeah, it, yeah. exactly. I didn't know it's, why. It's a good. The it's Black a good thing. Wasn't like, yeah. Here's this great sounding amp, part Fender, you know, part part Fox. All these great recording solutions. You can also gig with it. By the way, it also doesn't weigh a lot. That that would have been fine. That's 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 yeah. the angle, right? It's it sounds great <coughs> first. It's convenient second, and then it's lightweight. You know, that's yeah. But, anyway. uh, but yeah, it's it's a great it's exactly. a great product. I I just I personally don't care exactly. how much it Okay, either. okay. So there we are. Those are all our choices. I've gone for the Dual Cube, the St James, the Victory V4. Matt's gone for the Dual Cube, the PRS HDRX, and the Mesa. What was the Mesa you went for? I've just written Mesa for some reason. The California Tweed Six V Six. 
Yes, 220. 220. 220. Um, Philip, you've gone for the, the Black Star, the Line 6 Catalyst 60 and Victory V4, but you've gone for the Duchess. Maybe we'll find some common ground there. And uh, Blake, you've gone for the Mixed Wave Benson plug-in, the Universal Audio Dream and the Black Star St. James Head. So... Unlike on guitars, we actually have an agreement off the bat. Three out of the four of us have opted for Blackstar. That's enough to secure the St. James a place somewhere in the top three. So we don't need to stick on that. We can argue about that in the, in the next bit. We need to choose the next two places. Now, the V4 has kind of had two votes, although for two different amplifiers. So maybe there's some common ground we can find there. Me and Matt have both, both voted for the dual cube. But outside of that... Everything's been individuals, you know, no one else has suggested the HDRX, no one else has suggested the the Mesa, the Catalyst, uh, the Universal Audio Dream or the Benson plugin. Now, we only have to put three things through. I know, dear listener and hosts, we, we were talking about four for the bulk of the last one. That was only because those were the ones we all agreed on. So we only have to get two more products into this list, which we've almost done, but we all do have to kind of agree on those products. And I realise that the three that have multiple votes are my three. (laughs) (laughs) He's done it again. He's He's done done it again. again. I I, I see the mastermind at (laughs) work. But to be honest, there are some things that I feel strongly about on this list and there are some things that I feel less strongly about. Um, You know, for example, I would be willing to jump ship across to something like the PRS HDRX. I think it's really cool, really interesting product at the right price. Yeah, I think for me, I realized that the Meta Bogey and the HDRX are very similar. So I would would really want to stick to my guns about the Boogie because about the uh, HDRX because I think does a kind of similar thing. Obviously, I know it's very different voicing, but it's at a much more affordable price point, and I like the story, and I like the, the backstory yeah. of everything. Um, part of me, I, I, I can't get behind the St. James, but I know it's already through. So if I had to pick something else, of kind of other things we're talking about, obviously, um, you know, we sort of there's a lot about floor pedal amplifiers, and if I had to pick between the Victory and the UA, I would probably oh, pick man. the UA. This could have been um, so easy if you'd have gone the other way. I, <laughs> because <laughs> I think it's uh, because I think it's I I don't know I think it's a, a more uh-huh. handsome product. Um, I like the way it looks. I like the options you've got on there. I think it's more pedalboard friendly. And I'm just, you know, my criteria here is what would I buy and put sure. on my pedalboard? And I think. Well, it's not I would an amplifier, that, though. It's I think a bunch right? of. So the, the V4 already does more off the bat. No, it's a proper answer. Yeah, because it's got, it's got um, the speakers. Obviously, it's got speaker outputs and. Um, it's got speaker emulation in it, so you could go straight into okay, a okay, PA, okay, for right, example, right. if you wanted to. Um, so it covers the same bases. I just think that I get that the fact that this has got valves in it, but I wouldn't use uh-huh. it because it's massive. Sure, yeah. And I think like it takes up a lot of space, and I think in the studio, yes, but then in the studio you're going to have real amps, and I think 
I would want something on my pedal board sure. that you know what you could grab and go. You could run into this, and you'd never really. The V4 need to sits use on my desk, and it and looks it lovely. It looks consistent. lovely on that desk. It is a, it is a mm-hmm. good product for there. But I but I totally appreciate where you're coming from. Um, it's not for everyone. It is big and chonky, and you know the UA is certainly a bit more slimlined, a better price point. You know, like uh, does do preamp valves really matter when you're running into an an ice circuit for your digital power section? Like, or, or is it a bit of a gimmick? You know, I know tonally it sounds great, but do the valves even need to be there? Um, so, hmm. so in that vein, I will say I I did get a chance to finally play with the the UA Audio uh, Dream. It's the only of the three that they put out because they also put out the Woody Fifty Five, which is the, their Tweed Deluxe style. Um, and I was really, really yeah. underwhelmed. I I really wanted it to be better. I had a lot of trouble getting it to. I don't know. I I could not. I I tried for about a half hour to try to get a decent sound that I really liked out of it, and I couldn't. And I love UA products. I I use UA products all the time. So it's not it, not even like I have a bias against a company, which I I'm an opinionated person who has his biases against certain companies. I like I love UA. I just I wanted to like it, and I I just didn't. I I and that's why I was really excited about something like the Duchess, which gives me that Fender vibe. In a different product. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, the, the the V4 is definitely cool. The V4 is definitely something that uh, um, I think, you know, we, we can find some common ground in and kind of get behind. Mm-hmm. I, I hear what you're saying, Matt. The, the UA it definitely has some appeal. I'm willing, I'd be willing to drop my vote for the Cube um, and move it over to the HDRX, but I'll call that a floating vote if anyone can convince me of anything else that I should maybe sort of double up on. Um, how are you feeling, Blake? Is there anything that's convinced you that's in the running? I, I actually this is this is going to sound like a cop out, but I actually really I really like all of these picks. Like everybody yeah. picked something that I think, like the three that everyone picked, I think have a lot of merit. And there's nothing I can unlike the previous episode. There's nothing that I can <laughs> just outright say i hate i could be swayed to go a lot of different ways um here and i i the the cube i can't really vote for very well because i'm sure it's great but i've 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 only just seen it i've never even been in the room with one playing so i i have like absolutely no reference for how good it is. I trust you fellas, but at the same time, like I can't sit here and be like, well, I think the cube's great. So I can't really put a vote there. Cause I'm like, it's interesting, but I have absolutely no idea if I would like it or not. Similarly, like Philip and I feel very different about the UA. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I, I loved it. He didn't get a sound he liked out of it. I thought it was really easy to dial in. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where the cube, I, I, wouldn't feel comfortable casting a vote for it because I'm like, I like it on paper. I might not like it in real life, you know, type of thing. Okay. Well, um, what about what about the HDRX or the Line Six Catalyst? The Catalyst is pretty cool. I've played it. It didn't. It didn't like. I mean, for the price point and for what it can do, extremely impressive. But I don't think it. It. I didn't. Well. I, I I didn't I have never suggested it to anyone you know. Sure. If it had predated, you know, I know this is what you said with do Philip, but if it had predated the katana, 
I might be more excited about it because I think the thing that's great about it is that it's all these options at, at that price point, but we've already got that from Boss. And, right. and, and, <laughs> I, I, just want, and if, I just want to say... If I was going to choose it. between the two brands, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd go with Boss as a personal preference. You know, that, but. S- Same. Yeah. And and that's fine. And, and that's probably, honestly, at this point, that's probably my shakiest vote in all of this right. is the Catalyst. So... Um, it, and it's because it, it has that caveat that I hate for the price. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so, so Joe, hmm. y- you're. I think you might be the only one of us four here, other than myself, that's actually played with the Chimera plugin. Right. Yeah. So, ha- um, what would it take to pull you over to that? How do I feel about a plugin in this list? I think that's almost where it's. It's accidentally coming down to, to to that. It is very very good. I guess I think um, almost my the slight issue that I have is that um, the neural DSP did the Tone King this year, which I also got, and I mm-hmm. tend to use the Tone King over the Benson. So I'd be picking one. Where there's another plugin doing a similar thing that I slightly prefer. That okay. said, that said, uh, I have never heard a plugin do fuzz well, and the Germanium exactly. fuzz uh, on on that plugin is very very good. It is an extremely good plugin. Um, I don't think there's a better company out there doing it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sort of. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I could be convinced. Potentially, if we were in real loggerheads, I'd come across. But uh, but I think it would have it would have to be there. Um, yeah. So where we think so so Black Stars through the victory stuff is may maybe through. We've got like a couple of votes. Well, but- see, I'm I'm into the victory stuff too. I haven't really talked about it that much, but. The thing is, I don't know which victory we're pulling for at this point. Right. Yeah, we do have to all agree on one. What, where do you sit? Are you on the jack? The jack for me is it. I mean, the Duchess is great. I haven't played the copper. No, I have. I'm, there's one I haven't played. I get, They have so many things. They get kind of jumbled in my brain a little bit. Um, but the jack is the one that I thought, oh, hmm, that, that might be cool. And I... I was just blown away with the flexibility of it. I mean, it's it's named the Jack for a reason. So it, it's just super versatile. So if I was going to pick a, a victory, that would be my choice uh-huh. because I just love the versatility of the Jack. But they, they they just they make really good stuff. I really like the brand in general. So they do make um, great stuff. I think if uh, you know, but for the for the sake of agreeing on a product, as happened with the with the sixty one Strat and the guitar thing, I'd I'd suggest the jack as well philip how would you feel about coming across to that were you is is for you is it just that they did that fender amp that appealed to you i that is obviously the one that appeals the most to me but i love the product in general and i'll be honest i've never been excited about pedal board amplifiers before these right um you know go back to like oh this is uh, the the milkman the amp I never got excited about that thing I I know everybody like lost their minds over it uh, I I I didn't like it. it just it was fine I didn't think it was bad I just didn't get the hype um, 
And so this is this is the first one where I've been like, oh, okay, no, I think I can get into these. And so yeah, I could I could jump ship to one of the others uh, with the obvious uh, on record that my preferred one would have been the Duchess. Okay. Yeah, that sounds um, that sounds reasonable. That would put the V four. It's kind of like we're saying it's the series, the same as we were saying with American Vintage Two. Yes. But we have to have one, otherwise it's just ridiculous. Like it wins outright because it has every feature. You know, if we if we just say it's the exactly. same, so, <laughs> that is that is unfair. So the, if the V four carries on on that perspective, then we have three votes for that. So the Black Star. Um, St. James, the Victory V4 with the Jack being our sort of chosen one. They'd both carry with three votes, which would leave us a few things in the air. We've sort of we've got the Boss Dual Cube floating around. We've got the the UA Dream floating around, although Philip really didn't like that one. We've got the HDRX, which, uh, which Matt, you really liked. I'd be willing to put support behind that. I've currently got my vote on the cube, but I'd be willing to put support... Behind that, at the same time, Blake's trying to get some support for the mix, the Mixwave plugin. Is there is there any movement? Uh, I guess towards either of those. I would say that so far the two products we've put on this list, I don't like. I don't like floor based amplifiers, and I'm not a massive fan of the Black Star. So I would just like one thing on my list, uh, <laughs> and that would be the, the HDRX because we're still going to have some quote-unquote real amps. Okay, Matt. Well, I will 100% put my vote behind the HDRX. I have moved across. Can I get anyone I, else to double up on the HDRX? I, it was it was on my list, and so I would call it my firm fourth pick, so I could easily uh, move uh, the Line 6 around and make it the HDRX. Blake, how would you feel about that? Um... Did, it, did you not like that? Mm, you didn't like I, that? I do. No, I do like it. I actually like it quite a bit. I really like the story. Maybe this is, you know what? People talk, a few times, a few of us have mentioned getting flack for this. Um, I like Hendrix, but I, I feel like Hendrix just, I don't know. Hendrix did it great, and I don't care to hear anyone else play Hendrix. If that makes any sense. So when I hear yeah. when I hear Hendrix labeled things, it gets me. I'm like, oh great, some guy's gonna go try to be Jimi Hendrix with this thing, and he's not going to be. Um, and so it, it's a slight. Uh, it's not really fair, but it, it seeing the Hendrix brand attached to things automatically makes me envision something that I'm not super into, right. and that is Jimi Hendrix impersonators. Um, <laughs> So I'm just viewing it as a really cool vintage. It is a really cool amp. Yeah. Would I be? Ex- so I guess I. No, I need to reframe it. I'm. Not, I'm viewing it through an unfair lens. What I need to do is: Do I think this is cool, or do I not think this is cool? And I absolutely think it's cool. So I'd vote for it. Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that that puts us on a on a solid top three. We just got to choose the order. So we've got the Black Star, uh, St James. We've got the Victory V4, and we have the PRS HDRX. They have made the top three. Now we need to. Uh, we've come to the point where we're going to apply points, dear listener, to this. So each host is going to get to select. Uh, uh, their top, their top second and third place products, and we'll give three points, two points, and one points respectively. 
to each of those and then I'll total them up and we'll work out basically what's going to be the uh um, the gear of the year. So, Matt, let's uh, let's start with you. How do you how do you order these things? I assume you're going to give three points to the HDRX. Absolutely, and then I'm going for the victory, and then the black star. Okay, I thought you would. Okay, all right. So HDRX <laughs> in the lead. Philip, how how are you shaping things up? Uh, I'm I'm definitely going to put the the black star in, in first. Three points. Uh, then I'm going to go the HDRX, uh, which is sort of going back to where I originally sort of had it. Uh-huh. Um, cause I, it's like, I talked myself out of it and then I, y'all talked me back into it and I'm like totally into it. So, uh, and then I'm going to go one point for the V4. Right. Okay. Okay. That's cool. And Blake, um, how, how do you feel about this? I'm going to go, I'm going to go as listed there. I'm going to go black star three V4 two HDRX one. Okay. Um, Right. Uh, okay. Okay. So, oh, sorry. Uh, you didn't add yours, and I was sort of making a little list this time. Say that again. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I was gonna. Yeah, I was just uh, staring off into the distance. Black Star Three, V Four Two, HDRX One. Oh yes, you did them. Okay. Cool. All right. Oh, which which uh, brings it round to me. Um, and I am. This is hard because they're kind of all on an even. Uh, even place for me. I feel like the HDRX is the one that I've got excited about most on this podcast. It's a really cool product with a really cool backstory. Um, but I'm literally sitting next to a, a Victory V4 and a Black Star. <laughs> uh, and it's the one product I don't have. And so maybe part of it is the thing that, you know, I haven't ob- obtained that product yet. Um, <clears throat> I think it's undeniable that the Black Star's obviously been a cool new products i think it's very very good that they've made this lightweight and its recording options are super cool that's very cool i do love the victory god this is very very difficult this is anyone's game and i haven't worked out everyone else's yet i've been put on the spot so normally i would tactically select at this point But, uh, (laughs) um, but i guess i am going to uh i am going to Give the the Black Star three points, the HDRX, the HDRX two, and the Victory V four um, uh, uh, one point. So the so let's see. I just I've got to add those up uh, now. So what we've got four, five, six points for the V four. The HDRX is uh, five, six, seven, eight points, and ten points for the Black Star. Um, so that I mean that looks like what it is. The the Black Star yeah. St James EL34 comes in at as gear of the year with the PRS HDRX in a very respectable second place and trailing in third the Victory V4. It's the jack for the purposes of picking an individual product. How how do we all feel about that? How do we feel? Is that is that fairly shaped up? I know Matt, you've been the hard. There's always one. One host is always going to be hard done by in in each one. But but you've got no, the I- HDRX into a very strong second place. Yeah, and uh, I think I need to go and buy one. I really uh, I need You're to go right. and get one now. I think, you know, I've sort of uh, talked myself into it. They're a good price and a great product, Matt. I think it's worth the purchase. They also look great. I, I don't like the look of PRS guitars in general, but I love the look of their amps. I think they look very cool. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm into it. 
I'm, I'm glad it made it into the top three. Okay, okay. Well, well, I, I will tell you. Um, so just for the record, uh, I've been listening to Guitar Nerds a long time. Been listening to uh, Gear of the Year for a long time. And uh, I set a goal, weasel my way onto this show and make sure that tube amps win Gear of the Year. And I have succeeded. <laughs> I'm done. Um, all right, guys, you're all welcome, listeners. <laughs> That's true. You have done well. You have done well in the age of, uh, of digital amps we have had. Uh, a strong turnout for tube amps in the amp category this year. Dear listener, that is the end of episode two of Gear of the Year 2022. We're going to be back tomorrow with best effects pedal and then the day after that with the best overall product of Gear of the Year 2022. The Victory V4 in third place, the PRS HDRX in second and the Black Star St. James EL34 head in first place. This has been Gear of the Year. You've been lovely We've been the Guitar Nerds and the 40 Watt Podcast and the Tone Mob. Uh, farewell. Goodbye. Later. Au revoir. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.